This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Chris and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we'll talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help, and then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. My name is Anthony, and I'm an alcoholic. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of people who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other so that they solve their common problems and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There is no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. 
Okay, so for anyone who's just joined us, you are listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who is going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. Uh, Hi, would you like to introduce yourself and let us know um, uh, maybe how long you've been sober? Hi, my name is Anthony and I'm an alcoholic. Um, I've been sober four and a bit years, just over four years, um, and uh, it's it's been a been a good journey. Um, I did the uh, serenity reading this morning. Uh, f- you know, it's, it's funny how <laughs> this morning before the radio interview, mm. um, and the uh, the serenity reading was really good uh, through the daily reflections, which I read every morning, um, and gratitude. Uh, if you have gratitude for everything. It, it just makes life better. So you know, true. You, you take a breath. Absolutely. Hey, so Anthony, tell us a, a little bit more about yourself. Uh, right, you know, what, how old are you and, and uh, what, what do you sort of do for um, a living? Basically, got sober at 45. Um, and what I do for a living is I just help other athletes when their career's over, um, you know, give them direction. Um, you know, I used to be a pro athlete. Oh. And, uh, you know, it just gives people direction, you know, to, to, to give people direction in, in what they're doing. Fantastic. Yep. That sounds really interesting. I'll be, uh, I'll be keen to have a bit more of a chat about that. Um, and so, Anthony, look, growing up, um, uh, what, was, what, what was family life like for you? What was your childhood like? Uh, family life was pretty good. Uh, my parents were, uh, my dad's a builder and, and, and mum was a teacher by trade, um, but then she raised us. Uh, I've got two brothers um, and uh, I was sort of the, <laughs> the black sheep of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one, my bro- one brother's a computer engineer, the other brother's a property developer um, and I was sort of the the one who didn't do well in school and, and kind of would always end up in hospital and skateboarding and, mm-hmm. and cause cause mischief, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and uh, look, at some stage, sort of, you know, through that journey with family, um, you know, we all start to grow up and, and uh, experience our first drink. Can you remember your first drink? What was it like? What? Uh, my first drink was about 14. Um, I used to skateboard a lot of my mates and we'd go out, um, you know, high school, well, school in general uh, wasn't good for me, uh-huh. um, apart from on the athletic field or mm. and the rugby field. Um, but but skateboarding was, was quite, I really enjoyed skateboarding and we'd skateboard everywhere. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, drinking, for me, um, it just started at 14 and I was a kitchen hand when I was 16, so of course there was bit of drinking there mm. um, and it always just filled that void there was always a void like I never fit in in school and I never fit in in, in Auckland Devonport it was a great place to grow up mm. um, but but I needed to kind of get out because when I was seven years old uh, my parents and my family took a trip around the world and uh, that was that was an amazing experience right. going around the world at seven years old um, and coming back and and I always just got bullied, bullied and pushed down in school a little bit. I right. had good mates, you know, um, but I just, I just didn't fit in. Mm. Yeah. And so drinking, uh, you, you know, kind of took that away for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just gave me confidence and it gave me, uh, you know, when you're skateboarding, skateboarding gave me confidence, uh, sport gave me confidence, mm. um, and drinking gave me confidence, mm. you know. Um, 
And so that's a really interesting mix as well, isn't it? You know, you, a, a lot of people, when you think about, um, uh, you, you know, you said you, you became an elite athlete, um, you know, at dr- drinking often you wouldn't associate the two. How did you manage that? Uh, I was pretty young. I was 17 when I left school. Uh, my math teacher said to me, he said, you're going to need this for sixth form. I said, I'm not going to sixth form. He said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to Queenstown to be a, a pro snowboarder. And he goes, you can't do that. It's not a sport. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> little did he know. And uh, as an alcoholic, you know, we're, we're good at sort of focusing on one thing. And I was always lack of focus uh, in school. And I couldn't, I was always looking out the window and I didn't want to be in Auckland and I took off to Queenstown. Mm. Um, and, and snowboarding for me, my first season was 90 days in a row. Every day I was up there snowboarding every single day, no matter wow. what the weather. Um, and then the sponsorship started coming, uh, 94, 95, uh, 96. Um, got some pretty good sponsors. Mm. Um, and then I had a lot of injuries, 97, 98, and uh, my career was kind of over. You know, mm. it's been winters in Queenstown and my summer's building with my dad, you know, building mm. houses in Auckland. Um, and it just... Uh, I liked. I didn't like coming back to Auckland. Um, I liked being in Queenstown because Queenstown snowboarding was my tribe. Like yes. school, it kind of pushed me down, at, but snowboarding lifted me up. Mm, and so mm. I didn't. I'd only really drink if I was winning, you know, mm. um, or if you lost, you drink, you know. Mm. A lot of Queenstown, a lot of partying. Um, but when my career was over, I was back in Auckland, and I didn't enjoy it. And so I took off to Sydney, Australia. Yeah, you know, and and so over this time, uh, your drinking started to progress. It started to deepen. Uh, uh, um, I wouldn't say it progressed because because I had the adrenaline, right? You know, and, and I had the focus of, of being a top snowboarder. But when the injuries set in, I think the alcohol would mask the um, the pain of the injuries. You know, uh, mm. and you were you were young, so you recover fast. Mm. You know, um, and as you got older, you 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 know you don't recover from injuries. You know, you, yeah. don't, you don't balance at all. You just hurt. Yeah, yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah. So look, uh, um, uh, quite a bit of time has passed since then, and the, and that pro stage of your life. You, you know, how did the drinking uh, start to become a problem for you? Uh, well, I was I was kind of I wasn't really lost because it. I was three years in Australia working on boats and I was kind of, you know, there was a lot of drinking. I was either drinking or working. I was a workaholic, you mm. know. Uh, I was all the drinking or working on the boats. You know, we could work 80 hours a week if we wanted to. Mm. Um, and then I just, I could have been a captain. I had enough at sea time hours um, to be a captain, but I thought, nah, I'll do, I'll do laps of Sydney Harbour for the rest of my life. And um, so I just... Decided, yeah, I want, I want to go back to Canada and, and get my work visa and go to Canada. And so, uh, you know, I took off to Canada. And when I arrived in Canada, I was in Whistler with some mates over there and and just snowboarding fun. Whistler was amazing. Um, you know, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. But mm. and then I travelled across Canada um, through the Rockies and stuff. And I was doing not really much drinking because it was travelling was filling my void mm. or adrenaline or snowboarding. You know. Uh, it wasn't when I got when I got to Toronto. Um, I, I got a job on boats, and and then I 
for for about a year, um, and then I um, went back to college. Got, came back to Canada and got a student visa and became in college for five years in college. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so um, uh, eventually uh, there got to a point with your drinking where um, you acknowledge yourself as an alcoholic now, you've come into the rooms of AA. It got pretty bad, obviously, for you. What happened? Uh, what happened was um, I became, I went to college over in Canada and I became an arborist uh, and worked with trees and, and um you know, and that was that was good. I worked in the ice storm. It was a pretty physical job, um, and, and my drinking kind of eased off on and off. But I, because I was doing geographicals and I was travelling, I didn't take note of it. Um, and then when I, you know, I was unfortunately I got married, and unfortunately I got divorced. Um, you know, my former wife's Canadian, and uh, you know we, we're good now. Um, mm. It was pretty. Sort of messy divorce, mm. um, but uh, when I when I was an arborist, I actually started a, a pie factory with a Kiwi mate of mine who was a, my ex business partner. We had a pie shop for about five years, right? And uh, so we were getting free beer for pies and free mm. New Zealand wine and all the rest of it. And I think the pressure of that business and the pressure of everything, and then I, then I got sober. And I just mm. stopped drinking. I just stopped like that. Wow! And that's and that's when. I started exercising, lost heaps of weight, started kickboxing, and I got my first sponsor, who was my plumber actually in Canada. Mm, <laughs> He's mm. my plumber, um, and I just started talking to him, and and he'd been sober thirteen years. Yeah, and uh, you know, he says, "Oh, congratulations, you're an alcoholic." <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, t- tell me then about um, uh, you know, your experience inside of AA. Like, what's the first meeting AA meeting you can remember? What was that like? Well, I um, I had my first my sponsor was my plumber uh, in Canada, um, and I went to a meeting. And it was about two hundred people, so I didn't mm. really connect with AA that wow. much. But because of my my friends and my 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 fitness, and I started working out, and then uh, then COVID came along, you know, and I, we fortunately we sold the building, sold the factory, sold everything. Um, and I wasn't really into AA that much. I went to a couple of meetings in Canada, but mm-hmm. didn't didn't really fit. And I got back to New Zealand and I went to a couple of AA meetings in Auckland. Mm. It was okay, but it wasn't really till I got into AA uh, full on until I I got to Waimati and I mm. and I have my house in Waimati and I really got into the to the meeting there. And my sponsor now, who's twenty years sober, gave me the key. And so I open up that meeting and I do three meetings a week. I go to Timaru, Omaru, and Waimati three, three times a week. Brilliant. And, 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 uh, and also with the travel, uh, I just came back from Queenstown. Um, a friend of mine uh, he passed away. He was, it was his funeral. And I actually went to the Wanaka meeting on Monday night and, and then I went to the Queenstown meeting Tuesday night and I went to a meeting here last night in Christchurch, uh, which, uh. which was amazing. Um, and so every time we travel, I love – Going to meetings. Yeah, you know? completely. And look, it sounds like you're doing a lot of service, Anthony. Tell us what's your experience of service or what that means to you in, in an AA context? Um, I, I, there's an event center at, uh, in Waimati, and uh, we do, a friend of mine runs the, the program there, and there's a lot of youth at risk kids come in and, and we help on the climbing wall and stuff like that. And I really enjoy that. So mm. there's no monetary factor to it. Um, but I really enjoy it. The more I help other people, 
um, the more it helps me. And that's why my business is 45 Reset because I got sober at 45. Um, it's uh, 45 Reset, Life After Sport. It's helping athletes when their career is over through, mm. um, you know, it keeps them off, gives them direction, um, keeps them off drugs and alcohol. And, you know, uh, I think service for me and sort of sharing my story is um, is really important in, in keeping people on the right track because I kind of went off the rails for a lot of years. Um, but I, I feel that through AA and those 12 steps, it keeps me focused and, and it keeps me on on the rails. Totally. Yeah. And so, look, on a daily basis, you know, uh, what do you do to maintain your sobriety? Uh, on a daily basis, um, I go to – I'd say go to meetings, mm-hmm. um, get a sponsor – and work the steps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they call it a dry drunk, you know, somebody doesn't go to meetings. Um, You've you got to go to meetings. It's really important to have that 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 context of, of people. I know there was a bit of a challenge with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, yeah, with people not getting into meetings and there were some online meetings opened mm. up. But when you hug a person, it creates oxytocin, right? Yeah, so yeah. You, you need that. We're human beings. We need that physical touch. You know, mm. we, need, we need that hugging. We need that that community. Mm. Uh, and I guess that's why I moved to Waimeni because there's good community there when I came back to New Zealand. And I think driving around to all the meetings in the South Island, it's it's pretty awesome. And when I'm up in Auckland, I go to go to meetings up there at Christmas time. Yep. Uh, you know. And, and, Brilliant. You also mentioned your sponsor earlier. And so, you know, for listeners who maybe aren't familiar, um, uh, sponsorship within AA is really important where there's effectively kind of like a mentor or someone who helps to guide your journey. Um, what's How are you finding sponsorship with AA? Uh, sponsorship with AA is really imperative. Um, I, I didn't really go to many meetings in Canada because I had so much going on, but my sponsor really helped me through it. I was talking to him on the phone probably four or five times a day mm. uh, when I first got sober. My new sponsor here in New Zealand, um, I talk to him every, once a week, uh, see him at the meeting every week, and uh, he lives close to me and 20 years sober. So, yeah. uh, you know, it keep, keeps me keeps me on the right track and stops me from making uh, rash decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and um, it's interesting reflecting on what life was like when you were drinking compared to what it's like now. How have things changed for you in sobriety? What's life like today? Life's pretty awesome today. Um, I had a therapist in Canada, and then I have a therapist now who has a degree in neuroscience and mm. studied the brain. Um, and it was like my tipping my brain out like a jigsaw puzzle and putting all the pieces back together. Mm. But I but I now have clarity when I do things, and you know, and I have a lot more control of my emotions. It took a while. It was a lot of tears in those four years of healing. Mm. Uh, but after that four years, I got really, there was this serenity, you know, calmness came over me yeah. and you can't, you can't, um, buy peace, mm. you know, you, so true. You, you, you have to just have it, you know, you get it. And that's why I live in a town of 3000 people, you know, cause mm. it's peaceful. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> um, but I can still drive um, to Queenstown or Wanaka or Christchurch for this interview, you know, um, things like that. So you can still get around. Um, and, and I think it's really, really important to have that that peace and, and focus, you know, direction, focus. I mean, all those things that I didn't have when I was a kid and I grew up. So my sobriety is is is, 
it's been pretty pretty awesome. Mm. You know, and doing this interview is, is is great too because it gets the word out there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and like AA is described uh, as a spiritual program, not a religious program. What does spirituality mean to you? Uh, I do a lot of meditation, yoga. Um, I have my big Buddha sitting there. I don't have a television. Um, mm-hmm. I just I meditate a lot, um, do my readings a lot. Um, you know, my sister-in-law, she's actually Buddhist. Um, so for me, your higher power can be whatever you want it to be. Mm. Um, you know, some people are religious, some people aren't. Uh, for me, I'm sort of half and half, I guess, believe in something. Um, but but spirituality, like I, I, I kind of lost my soul. You know, when I gave up snowboarding, that was my my soul. Yeah. You know, like a soul, soul surfing. You know, like mm. it was great. Uh, and when that was all over, I kind of got lost for a lot of years and, and threw into a dark hole of thinking. Mm. Uh, I, I just recently had hip surgery nine months ago, a new a new hip replacement, um, and that that was that was pretty hard. But mm. AA kind of. You know, the spirituality of AA and, and going to AA really, really helped. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, I think that's a, a big part of what you're talking about is being able to draw on others, you know, to be able to look outside of self and, uh, you know, the reality of, uh, you know, there being a higher power, which can be anything that you choose it to be. But, yep. you know, it's just the humility of accepting that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, humility. I mean, yeah, I, at the meeting last night, uh, there was a guy whose his birthday was 20, he was 23 years sober and I was having a chat to him afterwards and he said, yeah, it's a thinking disease, you know. And it was great meeting him and chatting to him, um, you know. So you meet all walks of life in AA. It's great. Yeah. You know, I really enjoyed going to different meetings and, you know, I, I thought, originally I thought, oh, one meeting, but it's important to go to lots of different mm. meetings. And I know there's a lot of different meetings here in Christchurch. Totally. And uh, Anthony, look, to, to sort of wrap it up, if somebody is thinking about going to a meeting, if somebody is thinking maybe they have a problem, uh, um, you know, what kind of questions should they be asking themselves, uh, you, you know, to sort of be really honest with themselves about what's going on? Uh, yeah, I would say probably just listen to that inner voice, you know. Um, I, I don't think I used to listen to the inner voice enough. I used to just run. Mm. Like if I came across a problem, I'd run. I'd, I'd do a geographical, you know, or a drink. People drink to get in their, into their own heads, yeah. you know, and they just to black out, um, you know. And so I would say just, just yeah, just keep going to meetings um, is, is the most, like I say, keep going to meetings work, and work the steps, you know. Uh, that, that's really important, working the steps and getting a sponsor because if you can't figure out stuff in your own head, it's good to write it down. I started journaling and it's write, writing it down is really important as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. And uh, Anthony, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Yep. Uh, thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was great to be here. And uh, I have great gratitude for the program and um, I'll, keep, I'll keep coming back. Brilliant. 
For our listeners, if you're related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show is every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening and remember if you want to drink, that's your business, but if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with the serenity prayer as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.